Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Okie dokie, here we go. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, it's Text the Show Wednesday. Wednesday is always text the show, so don't 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 dilly dally. Make sure you get a text message into the show. The number is posted all over the place, and we'll tell you guys the number over and over again throughout the show. But gang, thank you very much for yesterday. That was a great show. I got a phenomenal amount of comments. That was pretty cool to interview my father after after him being gone for a while. That was pretty special. And I want to thank everybody that reached out and told me how much they enjoyed the show yesterday. Gang, I want you all to understand you're part of something super historic. We've done 1,122 podcasts live. I don't know anybody else that's doing live podcasts. Everybody else is scared to death. They all tape them and then post them afterwards after they edit them. We do ours live every single day, Monday through Friday. 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, we do a live podcast. It's pretty unbelievable. We've done so many of them. Now we have people, now that we're bringing in special guests, we have people calling us up and emailing us, and they all want to be on the show now. So we're pretty excited. And uh, I have a phenomenal special guest on Friday. Absolutely. Anybody that grew up sport fishing in the last 30 years knows this gentleman very, very well. His show ran for a very long time on uh, Fox, Fox Sports West, in, uh, Inside Sport Fishing with Michael Folks. Is, Michael will be here on the podcast on Friday at Pacific Coast, 12 o'clock Pacific Coast Standard Time. Gang, you want to hear what Michael has to say. He's got some big, big news for the fishing industry, and it covers everybody. I don't care if you only like to catch giant tuna or if you only like to catch sand dabs or if you catch flounder or whatever you like to fish for on the planet. This announcement that Michael Folks is going to have on our show on Friday is going to be absolutely spectacular, and it's a big name. Michael's got a huge name in the industry. Inside Sport Fishing was a phenomenal show, done very high-end, right, Kelly girl? Yes. You yes. see Marley up there. He's super excited today. Marley's having a green bean there while he's watching the show. He's letting you all know how much he loves green beans. Kelly makes those green beans for Marley with a little bit of love and a little bit of sugar. A lot of love. A lot of love and a little bit of sugar. But, gang, I just want you to understand, none of this is possible without all of you. So we appreciate all of you. Those of you that leave us badges and stars and and uh, and prizes on YouTube and badges on Instagram and and diamonds on TikTok and stars on Facebook, gang, we're Kelly and I are both overwhelmed. Marley is too. He's loving all the love that we feel from all of you. But I just want to thank you from the bottom of our heart. None of this is possible without all of you. So thank you very much. 
Gang, I want to show you something that's absolutely spectacular. I got to interview the gentleman. You see, those of you on Spotify and, and uh, Apple Podcasts and Megaphone, you, you don't have the picture, but you can go look at it. It's on our social media. We post a picture every day. I have a really cool little piece of an interview I did with the legend Kenny Nielsen. God rest his soul. We lost him last year also. I guess he wanted to go hang out with my pops some more. But Kenny has the most unbelievable catch ever in California. No one's ever caught one since. No one ever caught one before. I want you just to listen to a little bit of this interview real quick. I just want you to listen to a little bit of the interview, and then we'll jump back on here, and we're doing text the show. So make sure you text in your questions, but just listen to this interview. This is the most unbelievable catch ever recorded in in California. Unbelievable. Stand by. Here we go. Goes against anything any of you ever heard of this thing. Kenny, tell the story about, you guys won't even believe what Kenny was part of. They caught on the some fun. I guess you're talking about the penguin. Yes, yeah. the penguin. We, uh, we were fishing at, near the pier. I think we were fishing at Clemente Reef, Bag and I and 10 passengers maybe. And we see this funky thing swimming around and we didn't know what it was. Really hauling ass, it was real fast and everything else. Next thing you know, somebody hooks this thing. We bring it up to the boat and look at this thing and we got a net and brought it in the boat. And uh, it was probably 40 pounds and it was a penguin. And we, what the hell do we do? I mean, come penguin? on, a penguin? A, a, a penguin? Come on. And uh, so we got this thing and we put it in the bay tank and drained the water out of the bay tank and had it swallowing around in six inches of water and a, and a tank full of anchovies, which he was eating as fast as he could eat them. <laughs> we called SeaWorld and said, we got, a we got a penguin. And they didn't believe us. Oh, it's a cormorant. We know what a cormorant is. It's a penguin. It, it's got a tuxedo on and walks like Charlie Chaplin. It's a penguin. And, uh, they never believed us. So when we got to got back to the dock that night, we unloaded the passengers and everything else. And people had heard about the penguin and they all wanted to see it. So Bag and I started charging a beer to look at the penguin. So people had to go yeah, buy. They had to buy a beer. They had to go buy it. a beer in Turks and bring it down to us. So we're drinking beer and SeaWorld's going to show up. Well, they didn't show up till 11 o'clock. At, at night? At night. Oh, we're, boy. We were pretty ripe by the time... Uh, SeaWorld showed up, and the guy looks in there, and he goes, oh, my God, it is a penguin. Oh, no shit. And, and, uh, so they took it to SeaWorld, and it ended up in the new the new display they had there. And we got a golden pass for a whole year to go, and we went down there and got to go inside it and walk on the ice and all this stuff. Yeah. This, this was in the early 80s. Early 80s, yeah, when they first built that display. And uh, yeah, I mean, that must have Pretty unbelievable story, gang. The picture's on my, uh, all across my social media, but... Kenny Nielsen and uh, Rick Dozberg were driving the sun fun for my father back then, and they actually caught a real live Humboldt penguin. And uh, the story about it is uh, they told SeaWorld, and SeaWorld told them they don't have a penguin, and they told them we got a penguin, and this went around and around forever. Like Kenny said, they finally showed up at 11 o'clock at night because they did just sent the truck, but they had no idea they were going to have a penguin. But uh, they showed up, and lo and behold, it was a penguin, and it lived down at the SeaWorld Penguin Encounter for quite a long time. Little Petey the Penguin. Pretty unbelievable. I remember we were uh, pretty young back then. I think I was 18 or 19 back in the day when they caught that penguin. But I remember it like it was yesterday. It was pretty incredible. They caught it on a rent rod on a live anchovy, a penguin. And if uh, 
anybody's ever caught one before or since, they forgot to tell anybody. This is the only recorded penguin ever caught in California. So that's a pretty spectacular story. And uh, thank you again for watching the interview with my father yesterday. Kind of gives you a little background of where I'm from. Tomorrow, before we, while we're doing the show, we'll give you a little bit of the interview I did with uh, the legend Michael Folks, who will be on our show on Friday. Those of you that are just tuning in, Michael Folks will be with me live via his house, the studio for Inside Sport Fishing up in Laguna. Mike will be on the show with us live on Friday. Like I said, we got the only live podcast going where you can call, text the show. We answer your questions. We do this five times a week, Monday through Friday. Every week we do this show at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. And like you all that are watching it, you're part of history. This doesn't happen anywhere else. Your Saltwater Guide is the only live podcast going right now. So thank you once again. And those of you that set your watch for lunchtime and you watch us every day are faithful. Thank you. And thanks for all the stars and the badges and the diamonds and everything else you give us. Everybody that sends us stuff, believe me, we get so many comments. If I missed you and I leave you out, it's nothing personal. I appreciate everything. But we got a few questions. Nobody got any questions today. Everybody already knows everything. So I'm just going to keep talking. The only way to shut me up is to send in a message and then Kelly girl will talk. But um, we want to talk a little bit more about the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show at the Orange County Fairgrounds. Remember, if you show up wearing one of these shirts, my wife, Kelly girl, has gathered us up so much cool product from all of our sponsors. We're going to have stuff from Costa. We're going to have stuff from Promar. We're going to have stuff from uh, Akuma. We're going to have stuff from your saltwater guide. We're going to have stuff from Dana Wharf Sport Fishing. I want to let you know, all the children that attend my seminars always get free stuff. I make dang sure that I take care of the children. So don't be afraid to bring your children. As you know, as you watch my podcast every day, we do not use foul language. It's super okay to bring your children. I want to make sure that our children today know about fishing in Southern California and how important it is to keep them involved because we have a huge problem coming down the pipe. Gavin Newsom has signed this 30 by 30 thing again. He's pushing it so hard. He does not want anyone to fish in the great state of California. Now, I've talked about other issues before and I've been told to keep my mouth shut and all this baloney, but you know what, gang? We're not keeping our mouth shut this time. Elections are won by social media. We have a massive following. We all need to get behind this and we have to stop this 30-30 thing because when this thing happens, gang, that's that. We're under so much pressure, the sport fishing industry in California, the shutdowns, in, whole industries have disappeared in the last 10 years in the great state of California. The commercial fishing industry has disappeared pretty much up and down the great state of California. They've made it almost impossible for anybody to make a living commercial fishing. There is a little tiny bit of commercial fisheries done in Southern California. But as far as Northern California, there it's all gone. There's plenty of people up there that will tell you. And uh, this 30-30 is going to be devastating. Just to give you all some type of an idea of what this thing's all about, they're going to close another 30% of the ocean. And they're not even going to take into account 
the MLP, which already closed an eighth of the California coast and big part of Catalina and a big part of the Channel Islands, that doesn't even count on this new one. They want 30 more percent of the ocean closed to fishing. Sport fish fishing has zero effect on population of fish in the ocean. You're never going to, you're, there's nobody that's ever going to tell me that I can actually adversely affect the population of the fish in the ocean with my fishing pole. You're never going to, you'll never get me to agree to that. That is just unbelievably, that is just the most unbelievable. You, if they're so worried about the population of fish in the ocean, let's talk about the number one problem with the fish populations in the ocean. Let's talk about the number one problem. And those of you that follow me or followed my father, you know what it is. It's the California sea lion. That's the number one problem. Second is urban runoff. Those are the two real problems in the ocean today in, in California. Get out of the window, Marley. Don't open the window. It takes the light away, you silly monkey. So you got to be careful. These people that are thinking they know what they're talking about. The California sea lion is the biggest problem. It is the problem. Any other? It is the biggest problem out there, gang. But they don't want to address the real problem. The first thing they're going to go after is you and me and our children going out to catch a fish. And those of you that have been so lucky being able to fish fresh water and you're like, oh, I don't care if they close the ocean. I don't even like to fish in the ocean. They're coming after you. That's the other part of this 30. It's 30 by 30. That means 30% of the ocean, 30% of lakes and streams. That's a big piece of mammoth. That's a big piece of the Sierras, the Eastern Sierras, where we all learned how to trout fish, where we all went trout fishing. They're going to get Big Bear Lake. You watch. You stand by and you watch. They're going to get Arrowhead. They're going to get the Bear Creek. They're going to get Santa Ana River. They're going to get Santa Ana, or excuse not River. They're going to get Santa Ana, well, yeah, like Santa Ana River, where we got the fly fish, San Gabriel River, where we fly fish. Those places are going to disappear. You watch. They're coming after them. That's the other part of the 30 by 30. They're coming after the fresh water. They're coming after the salt water. When they get the salt water, that'll pretty much do it for us in the ocean because they took away our rockfish. They took away our calico bass. They took away our sand bass. They took away a, a eighth of the California coast already. They took away a large portion of Catalina and they took away a large portion of the Channel Islands already. And then they're going to throw this other 30% on top of it. But man, what really is scary to me is I got grandchildren now that I would love to be able to take up to the Sierras and teach them how to catch a trout. And I got grand, I have my boys, thank goodness. They're 29 and 30 and they, they got to see Laguna Beach, California. They got to fish there in one of the most beautiful places in the world to fish. There's nothing on the planet like Laguna Beach, California. And I've got to fish in a lot of really spectacular places. There's nothing like Laguna. And that was taken away from us for no reason at all, just because the people of Laguna didn't want you parking in front of their houses when you're fishing. It had nothing to do with fish. Neither does this 30 by 30 thing. It has nothing to do with fish. It's about power. All right, so we have some questions? Yes, we do. This is all right, question. here we go. This is from John Rowe. John Rowe. And he would like for you to explain what Sculpin looked like on the fish finder. All right. John Rowe wants to know what Sculpin looked like on the fish finder. That's a really weird thing, John, because 
they lay right on the bottom. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to turn your gain up on your fish finding apparatus fedometer as high as you can, and then back the gain off to right when the picture starts to get clear. And if you have a color fedometer, when you're looking on these little rocks or hard bottoms, you're going to see like a yellowish, like a little yellow glow right on the bottom. The bottom's going to look red. And then with the hard bottom, the harder it is, the thicker that red's going to get. And then you're going to see a little yellow glow right, up, right laying on the bottom. Those are the sculpin. They all just set. If you look at a sculpin, he's got uh, big fins on his sides right below his head, right past his head. And he sets on those on the bottom, look, waiting for food to come by. And the minutes of food, Marley, you are very active today. Look at him up there. So those sculpins stay right on the bottom. So they don't get elevated off the bottom. And you're not going to see them between the, the bottom and the surface. There's not going to be any marks in between. It's going to be laying right on the bottom. And it's going to look like a yellow fuzz, if you will, or just a yellow highlight like someone ran a little yellow highlighter over your uh, hard bottom hopefully that helps a little bit kind of i guess really you'd have to see it to understand it but that's the best i can explain it right now there's marley letting you know how important it is to make sure you get one of those shirts look at marley's like get a shirt you guys kelly girl has so much free stuff to give you Marley's like, my mom's got a bunch of free stuff. We got to get out of this house. So Marley wants you to get your shirts. Don't let Marley down. There he is. And don't forget to give him some stars and badges and diamonds. Little guy needs to eat. All right. This is from, uh, this is from Kim, uh, you know, Dan and Kim. Dan and Kim. Okay. So I... Dan got her a Komodo SS for Valentine's Day. Nice. And, and it's not even Valentine's <laughs> Day yet. And I'm going fishing on Valentine's Day. So, Kim, this isn't helping me very much. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Uh, she would like to know how uh, how would you recommend uh, my internal adjustment for casting? And she says that Dan, uh, she got Dan um, one of your saltwater guy shirts. Thank you, Kim. Thank you very much for getting Dan a shirt. I didn't even know we made that size that big enough. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Ah, that was humor. I'm sorry. My slight attempt at humor. Yeah, probably smaller than mine, my double X. But hey, that Komodo is a phenomenal reel. That's made by Akuma. That is a really bitchin' reel. Go look them up on the Akuma website. But what I do... With the cast adjustment, Kim, is what I'm going to do is I'm going to cast it and I'm going to see what how much drag it is. And if I think I can cast a little bit farther, I'm going to back that drag, that uh, magnet adjustment off a little bit more until the spool starts to flow more freely and I'm not getting backlash. Each time I cast, I'll back it off a little bit more and try another cast. And then when I get to the point where it's flowing too much and I get a backlash, I'll tighten it up just a tiny bit just to slow that backlash thing down. It's it's kind of it's kind of hard to get it perfect. You're going to have to play with it. You're actually going to have to go out on the boat or stand on the back of your dock and cast into the harbor and make a hundred cast till you feel it exactly how it's supposed to be. You're going to have to just play with it and feel it. But that's the really cool thing about that reel is that it does work with you it doesn't fight you like most conventional reels it's going to work with you to allow you to better cast 
And those Komodo reels, they can handle anything. I have a, quite a few of them and I love them. The size that you have, I would put 40 pound braid. You can put a mile of it. Or if you don't want to put a mile line on there, 65 pound braid, it'll handle 65 just fine. 40 is cool because you can put more line on the reel for, and I know how much you two love to rock fish. So the 40 pound, you get more line on your reel plus 40 pound braid's going to sink much straighter. So that's what I would do. All right, Kim, hopefully I helped you with that question. All right. So no more questions from anybody. This is unbelievable. I guess you just can't wait for Michael Folks to come on the show. No one has any questions. If you guys have some questions that you want us to ask Michael, make sure you uh, send us in your question. Make sure you send in your questions and we will ask Michael. Make sure you get them in by uh, tomorrow afternoon. 949-374-0786. We'll ask your questions to Michael, but we're not going to be able to do this question and answer thing because we only got Michael for a very short time. He said he can give us one hour. We're going to cover so much stuff in that one hour. It's going to fly by and him and I are very close personal friends. So you're going to get to hear a lot of a lot of stories and a lot of ribbon of each other. But deep down inside, we both love each other very, very much. But it's going to be a fun show. You're going to get to see a couple of old-time buddies kicking back talking about his success and my success and where we both came from in this fishing industry. It's going to be a phenomenal show. And uh, those whales, Steve Reno, we talked about those whales on Monday. We're not getting any questions, so I'm going to go back into that whale thing a little bit. If you didn't see our show, we're going to talk about what we talked about because this guy Steve just sent in a question about the whales. Here's the deal. I guarantee you the narrative that they're spewing out of their mouths back there are all politically driven and also money. They're getting paid off. And even the top, 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 top National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, they have an agenda. I know it's hard to imagine. Oh, but they work for us. Is that what you all believe? I'm sorry. Remember, you're listening to Captain Dave, your saltwater guide. I only tell truth. It's probably going to hurt your feelings, but they don't care about us, gang. They're getting paid off by these people that think that we need these wind windmills out in the ocean which is the most ludicrous thing ever and if you look at all i can't show you the video because i don't have the copyrights on the video but you can go to youtube and you can take that video down and you can look at all the garbage that hangs down underneath these wind farms it is absolutely ludicrous and any of you that are commercial fishermen crabbers up north or lobster fish lobstermen back east this ought to piss you off to no end because they're killing these whales that they accused the commercial fishermen of killing, which if one gets entangled, we have entanglement programs that go out there and get these nets or get these uh, traps off the whale right away. But when they get zapped by these, meal, these windmill machines and the dynamite they're using to blow the holes in the ground to put the put the hold fast down to hold these things and the sonars are using to adjust this. This is all killing the whales. It's got nothing to do. Like uh, I heard this guy from Noah saying, Oh, it's the big ships. And the, the 
Gang, the same amount of big ships are cruising around out there that were cruising around there last year and 14 humpback whales didn't die. The only narrative that changed out there was these wind farms. And over in Great Britain where they built all these wind farms, now it's all coming out about how many marine mammals they killed over there and how many turtles they killed over there and how much devastation they did to the bottom of the ocean. Gang, you're only seeing these whales that wash up on the beach. You're not seeing the whales that... First thing that happens when these whales get killed is they sink to the bottom. Then they bloat up to the surface. When those gases inside of them start to do their thing, then they start to float on the surface, then they float into the beaches, and then they end up on the beach. Right now, 14 of them, <laughs> this summertime, they're going to be floating in all over the place. These wind farms are the worst thing possible for any country and they're super un not good for us these same people that in the 70s were holding up the sign save the whale now they're the same people that are saying forget about the whale man we need some wind farms man <laughs> we don't need these wind farms man and the electrical cords that hang down in the water and the the mooring lines and everything else are gnarly devastation to the ocean. No, you can't fish Laguna anymore, Kent. They took that away from us. Oh my gosh. Wow. 10 years ago when the MLPs went into effect. The thing about Laguna, I'm sorry, no questions? No, we have we do have Okay, we have a couple questions and then I'll go into Laguna. You're going to love this. And I was at all the meetings, so my narrative is honest. Okay, this is from uh, Tim, and he wants to know what is the best depth to target La Jolla Yellowtail. Okay, Tim, that Yellowtail at La Jolla, you're going to get to the outside edge of the kelp, and the kelp's growing out to 90, 80 to 90 feet in some spots at La Jolla, but most of it's in 60 to 65 feet. You're going to get to the outside edge of that. And you're going to work all the way out to a couple 200 feet of water. And you're going to be looking for bird schools. You're going to be looking for boomerang looking stuff on your fish finding apparatus. And bird schools and bait balls and stuff like that. But what a lot of the guys do is they troll that outside edge of the kelp at La Jolla. They slow troll it with mackerel. And uh, Marty's right there. They troll, slow troll it with mackerel. And they slow troll it with big sardines. And when I say, say, sorry, when I say slow troll, that's a knot and a half, two knots at the very most. And I have videos on my website. What's the name of my website? YourSaltWaterGuide.com. YourSaltWaterGuide.com. We have videos on how to slow troll over there, which uh, it's super important to know. You want to put that line out behind the boat in free spool, index finger on the spool, thumb on the trigger. When you feel that bite, take the boat out of gear, let that yellowtail run with your bait, put it in gear, then turn your boat, drive out to sea a little bit, get them out away from the kelp. But it all matters, everything matters, but that's the depth I would look for them in there. Sometimes they slide out to seven, 800 feet, but you're gonna be doing that chasing the bird schools, watching those fish. And as the springtime comes along with the cooler water and the squid out there and everything else, it all matters. It, to pay attention to what's going on. And uh, 
I was just reading another question. Gang, send the questions 949-374-0786 because it's hard for me to read them on the screen and then try to talk while I'm reading them, but I want to answer everybody's questions. So Brad wants to know, what do I explain the devastation that the California sea lion does to the... Okay, first of all, first of all, there's somewhere around 2 million sea lions in Southern California now. This area, Southern California, historically can handle about 250 to 300,000 sea lions. Right? There's okay. Only... I found this Whoops. on the web for this area. Southern California Whoopsie. historically could handle about 250 to 300. Whoopsie. I don't know how that came on. But historically, Southern California can handle about 250,000 sea lions. Right now, there's over 2 million. Think about that, just for fun. Now, each one of these sea lions have to eat 35 pounds of fish per day per animal just to stay alive, okay? Also, they go potty in the water or on the docks. Also, down here in Cabo, we have some rogue sea lions, and down in San Diego at Fisherman's Landing, we have some rogue sea lions that are starting to try to eat people. I've said this at my seminars for the last 15 years. We don't allow this animal to die at all. They're not allowed to die in natural causes. They're not allowed to die at all. Okay? So we and we and we give these wild animals antibiotics and we vaccinate this wild animal. So now we've created a super species of sea lions no one's ever seen before. They get bigger, they live longer, stronger, faster. No one's ever seen the sea lion that we're seeing now. And the, the numbers are mind-boggling. Down here in Cabo, these are uh, California sea lions living in Cabo San Lucas. And they're biting people all day, every day. It's gnarly. They're biting people in San Diego. I say all the time, what do sea lions eat? They eat meat. What are we? We're meat. What are they going to do? They're, they're overpopulated. Population. There's not enough food for them to eat, especially the big, fat, lazy ones. And here's something. If you do really care about them, if you love them and you care about them, we're not allowing this animal to die. So you have these 30-year-old sea lions swimming around with no teeth. And you see them in the harbors. They have no teeth. And if they start to act like they may die, we scoop them up, take them to a center, we fill them up with antibiotics. We force feed them or intravenously feed them until they get so filled up. Then we put them back out in the wild where what's happening? They're dying of natural causes. And this is a big machine. And what's dr driving this machine? Money. They're making a fortune saving this animal that doesn't need to be saved. They don't want to shut that down. The powers to be want nothing to do with shutting down the California sea lion programs to save this animal that has no predators. It's not allowed to die. There's more of them now than there ever has been in the history of the planet Earth. And then they got to go poo and pee somewhere. Where? In the ocean. They're, the devastation, the, the problems they're causing are just mind-boggling. And uh, I'm just telling you the honest to God truth. That's it. If you believe it, that's fine. If you don't, I don't care. But that's the truth. That is the truth. What do we got? Questions? We got no more questions. So, 
So back to what we were talking about before. What? Yeah, so Laguna Beach, California. Here's how this MLPA closure thing went down in Laguna. My father and I and my brother and my sister and my beautiful wife, Kelly, we were going to all these meetings and we were listening to all this rigmarole. And they were talking about they were going to close this area of Laguna and they were going to leave this area of Laguna open. And the residents of Laguna were like, oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. If you close the area in front of Don Hansen's house and leave the area in front of Donna Kalis's house open, but you close Don Hansen's house, all the boats are going to fish in front of Donna's house and they're not going to fish in front of Don's house. Don's property value is going to go up. Donna's property value is going to go down. This is what they were saying at these MLP meetings. I was there and they were like, Wait a minute, the property value is going to... Now listen, <laughs> I lived in Southern California for 55 years. I never thought, oh my gosh, this sucks. The day sucks because there's a boat out on the water. But that's what the people of Laguna told the MLP, told the powers to be, whatever they wanted to call themselves at the time. And so the powers to be said, well... We can't enforce that. We don't have the manpower or the wherewithal to enforce that. And the city of Laguna Beach said, we'll do it ourselves. We will police the waters in front of Laguna from Abalone Point down to uh, 9th Street Laguna. We will keep boats out of there for fishing. We will do it. And if you, want, if you don't believe me, do this. Take a fishing rod and reel. Take all the line off of it. Don't have any hooks on your boat. Go to Laguna Beach. Go to Main Beach Laguna. Anchor up your boat and put the fishing pole in the rod holder. And just sit there. Turn on some music. Have a barbecue. Do whatever you want. But have that fishing pole in the rod rack. And I will guarantee you in less than one hour, there will be someone out there. They'll be on a jet ski, on a kayak, on a paddleboard. They're going to come out there and they're going to tell you you're fishing in an MLP. It's the most unbelievable baloney I've ever seen in my life. It is so sad. It is absolutely sad. Sharks, there aren't enough sharks on the planet Earth to slow down the population of the California sea lion. In the third trimester of the California sea lion's pregnancy, she can get pregnant. So she's never not pupping. So we'll use the number 2 million just for fun. And we'll say 2 million. And we'll say 1.4 million of those are females. So then that number is going to double in nine months. Huh. I never thought of that. Well, it's true. And if you think there's a sea lion problem today, you wait nine months and watch what happens. It is absolutely amazing. Those of you that live on land, if you had a coyote problem, Oh, well, that's different. Coyotes aren't cute. How is that different? I don't understand. How is that different? Oh, well, the coyote might be, eat my baby. Well, the sea lion will. I promise you that. You leave your baby down there on the dock. The sea lion's going to eat your baby. But they're cute. So it's okay. We can't hurt the sea lion, but we will annihilate that coyote. Yep. It's the weirdest world. I've never seen anything like what's going on in the world today. It's absolutely ridiculous. 
California sea lion has more rights than a human being. It doesn't make any sense to me and it never will. All right. So we got no more questions. We got everybody knows everything already. That's amazing. No questions? Nope. Getting phone calls from people that yeah. don't know what time it is. We've only been doing this show for three years at uh, 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time every day. Gang, I'm right here. I only tell truth. It might hurt your feelings because you don't want to hear the truth. We got a question. We have a question from Jason Lawler. Jason. And he is asking, he wants to know where can we find halibut local to Long Beach, LA at this time of year? Jason, that's a great question. Right now, the grunion are staging. So the halibut, we were talking about it on Let's Talk Hookup Sunday. The halibut are staging in the shallow water right now, just outside the surf lines. If down in Seal Beach, just below the harbor, on down to Huntington Beach, along the surf line, there, they're going to be just in there, nilly-willy, no structure involved. They're going to be along the surf line. Just one thing I always try to tell our members, it's halibut fishing. So it's not going to be like going bass fishing with Captain Dave or going tuna fishing with Captain Dave. You're not going to get a bite every time you throw your line in the water. But if you work hard at it and you fish the outside edge of the surf lines and you drift along there with the proper hook and the proper weight, well, what's the proper hook and the proper weight? Marley, Marley, you can't do that. Hey, you can't do that during the show, son. That's my monkey yelling at the cat outside. You can't do that during the show, Marley. It bugs people. That's his high-pitched scream. That's how he communicates. That's our monkey. It's our rescue monkey. But gang, that halibut is staging right now because the grunion are getting ready to run. We're going to be able to start harvesting grunion in March. And so the halibut have moved into the shallow water. And like Corey Sandin and I were talking about on the show on Sunday, let's talk hookup. We don't like to fish for halibut in deep water. It's not fun. We like to get in the shallows. And right now, from now and probably until summertime, it's going to be staging on the beaches up and down the California coast outside of the uh, surf line and drifting along the edges there with the right hook and the right weight. Go to my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. Check out all the cool videos on how to catch halibut and how to do everything else. Make sure you get your shirts so you'll be at the show. We got any more questions, baby no girl? More. Oh, wait, wait. We got more no, questions. No, wait, no, that's it. No more questions. Yeah. Kevin Barr, I believe the same thing you do. I was raised, I know I'm not very old. I'm only 61. But I was raised, we the people. Well, we the people got nothing to do with anything in California anymore. We the people have absolutely nothing to do. We're not allowed to vote on anything. We don't have any say in it. It's the most unbelievable thing going on. And now they're going to take away our right. We already don't have the right to protect ourselves in California. It's just scary. The crime waves going on right now. Kelly and I watch them all the time on YouTube. It's just unbelievable what's going on up there. And then to think that they don't want you to fish anymore. They don't want you to enjoy going outside and fishing. I just don't get it. I don't understand. doesn't make any sense. Why don't, okay. I'm always looking for solutions. Why don't we do this? Why don't you allow us to fish, but we can't keep them? I'll be okay with that. I'll be okay with being able to fish and not be able to keep it. Give me Laguna back as a catch and release. The whole the whole city of Laguna as a catch and release. I'd be totally into that. That would be so fun. But uh, that's what I got for today. That's what Dave Hansen thinks. 
And I know, like I told you, I'm going to hurt your feelings because I do every day. I'm going to offend people. Why? Because I do every day because I speak truth and you don't like that. So what? Another question. Holy mackerel. This is from Jason again. Jason. And he is asking, how about white sea bass at Catalina? Any word on catches? You know, there's been a little bit of sea bass talk up on the West End, but it's weather. The weather just keeps coming and coming and coming. The weather will, is relentless right now. We are having a real honest to God. Here, what I do is I would just put it on silent. What we're having is a real honest to God um, winter in Southern California. So we got to fish between the weather. But I think this spring's going to be incredible white sea bass fishing. And we're going to, on our Zoom meeting for your saltwater guide, we have VIP level and we have a Zoom meeting once a month where I just chit chat with the members of the website. And we're talking white sea bass at this meeting this month. And it's going to be good. And we're going to delve deep into fishing on the beaches at Catalina and Clemente and along the coast for white sea bass. I believe it's going to be a very, very good white sea bass season because of cold water and the, the phenomenal amount of squid we have in Southern California. And also the commercial guys, I have a few of them that are good friends of mine. And they're saying that there's so much squid just sitting in freezers on the docks, anywhere from Monterey to, the, to San Diego, that there, there's no reason to go fish for them right now because the market is flooded and there's no squid. That bodes very, very well for the sea bass and the squid and everything else going on in Southern California. So it could be a banner record white sea bass season. Let's all keep our fingers crossed and hope that happens. Any more? Okay. We're going to wrap this thing up. For those of you that I offended, oh, well, watch tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, we will be with you tomorrow. We'll show a little bit of the interview with Michael Folks to start the show off. If you guys have on Spotify or, podcast, or Apple Podcast or Megaphone. If you have any questions, believe me, I want to answer them. You can send the questions to 949-374-0786. Kelly Girl and I will answer your questions tomorrow on the show. And then get ready. You're all going to want to be on the show on Friday. Remember, our podcasts are live. We go live. So you, you never know. Something bad might happen. But you'll never hear Captain Dave cuss. I don't do that. That's why your children can always listen. Because I don't believe that that's the way to talk. I don't believe you have to have a sewer coming out of your mouth all day, every day. Thank you all. I'll see you tomorrow.